0: Welcome to Direct Audio, a movie discussions podcast. My name is Spencer, and next to me is Storm. And it is episode two of Spooky Season. Today, I have my roommate Steve with me. We are going to be ranking the Friday the 13th series based on their average review score, just like how we did the Quentin Tarantino episode. This is a long one since there are 12 movies. We are both huge fans of the series, so we talk quite a bit. I'm going to cut this intro pretty short so we can get that started. Remember to follow the pod on Twitter, direct to audio uh, at pod direct tell your friends about this podcast tell your enemies about this podcast everyone needs something to listen to but without further ado it's time for our feature presentation now we start what is probably going to be my most anticipated episode this has been in work since i started the podcast steven my roommate is on and we are going to be breaking down every friday the 13th movie i am so excited for this steven say hello hello thank you for having me on today we both really big fans of Friday the 13th. You're wearing your Friday the 13th hat right now. That's right. Even though it's really hot in this room. <laughs> we both pre-ordered the box set that's coming out. We're super excited to get that. But we have watched all the movies beforehand. And we are going to be breaking these down similarly to how I did the Quentin Tarantino movies and how we'll do these From the future. Uh, we will be looking at the Friday the 13th movies based on an average of six different movie reviews. The IMDb rating. The Rotten Tomatoes critic score. The Rotten Tomatoes audience score. The Metacritic critic score, the Metacritic audience score, and the percentage of Google users who liked the movie. I did the math. Don't worry about it. It's fine. I've got it covered. Hopefully, everybody's aware of what Friday the 13th is. Yeah,
1: I hope so at at this
0: point. Yeah, at this point, I mean, it's got 12 movies. It's one of the most iconic horror series of all time. First outing was in 1981. It made a movie every single year up until 1989. Then it went to the 90s, except for 1987. It also has a 2009 remake he's gone to space he's barely been to manhattan uh and he's been to many summer camp hangouts and has fought the likes of freddie a knockoff of carrie and three versions of a pesky kid slash man named tommy jarvis he's racked up a body count of 151 kills across the series doesn't even include the movies where he's not the main killer spoiler it has spawned comic books fan films countless parodies and pop culture a video game jason is an icon So we're going to be paying homage today to one of the greatest horror series of all time and one of the greatest horror villains of all time. I mean, that's fair to say.
1: He's probably one of the best. Absolutely, yeah. One of my favorites for sure.
0: I mean, I always say, because there's always the Mount Rushmore ideas, he's on the Mount Rushmore. Yes, absolutely. I mean, him, Michael.
1: Freddy. Freddy, yeah. And and then then you could argue who the last couple might be, but yeah, he is for sure on that.
0: um, I do want to point out, this is an imperfect system.
1: Your favorite movie might be rated last. It might be rated first. I know one of my favorite Friday the 13th movies is not going to rank too high, I don't think, but it's just a film I really enjoy, so I'm not too worried about what the critics say. So, I I think, you know, it's going to vary depending on what you like, but this is just based on the critics.
0: I mean, this whole thing is just meant to be for fun. If you haven't seen all these movies, watch them. I'm I'm curious because you just mentioned it. What What is your
1: favorite of the series? So, for mine, it really ties. I really enjoy the new one, and then... I grew up, I absolutely love watching Jason X. That is, I just think it's very fun and enjoyable. I know it's absolutely ridiculous, but I think they do a good job with it.
0: One of the things with this series that I think annoys me when people criticize those ones too badly, like this series is meant to be fun. Mm-hmm. It is a killer who's a zombie going around killing people. After a while, you got to kind of try stuff new and innovate. I don't want to criticize too much when a movie tries something new. If they go a little too crazy with it, yeah, that's going to be a problem. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if if it's... Every movie is, he goes into a camp, he kills counselors, he gets defeated. It gets kind of bland. So I appreciate when directors take a little bit of a chance. I I, I love Jason X too. I do want to point out, we're not including any fan films. So we're not including Vengeance or the ever popular Never Hike Alone. I mean, I love Never Hike Alone. Their sequel, Never Hike in the Snow is coming out soon. We're only counting the theatrical releases of Friday the 13th. That includes Freddy versus Jason because it's in the box set. So we're
1: counting it. Mm-hmm. What was the one you watched the most, Scrubs? So growing up for me, I actually saw them out of order. I did not see the first Friday the 13th. I saw 2 and Mm 3, and then I saw the first Friday the 13th. For me, the ones I grew up watching the most would be 2 and 3. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's the same thing for me. I remember my sister bought Friday the 13th Part 2 and Part 3 on DVD, and that was the first horror movie I watched was Part 2, and I watched that one the most. So I have a special place in my heart for that one. Yeah, I I don't think I saw the original one uh, for a long time, and I only really expanded on the series once I kind of got into college, and that's where I kind of started to love other movies in the series more. We're going to be talking about why we like ones, why we don't like them, and we're also going to be bringing up our favorite kills in the series, which is kind of weird to say. But as I said, since Jason is the number one horror villain in regards to kills, he has 151. It's only right to discuss the best ones that he's done, uh, the most gruesome, the innovative ones, the way uh, anything that he's done to kill those pesky counselors. Yeah. Obviously, it's like the pinnacle slasher. You watch it for the monster going and killing everybody, and you want to see how the final girl and the rest of the protagonists go out to save the day. So, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Little fun fact: I don't know if you know this. One of our favorite movie characters, the Invisible Man, mm-hmm. ranks as number three.
1: I did not realize he was that high up there, but I have a feeling it has to do with him derailing a train. It's on here. He <laughs> derails a
0: train in the first
1: one. Um, Michael Myers at number
0: two with 133, but the Invisible Man is at 123 kills. So, yeah, I always say it's hilarious that he's up there, not like Freddy or anybody like that or Chucky common criticisms of the series that most of the movies are have just cardboard characters i mean we kind of had a hard time remembering all the names of everybody because they're just there to pad the plot
1: yeah i mean it's it's an easy kill as well like you don't get too attached but it's it's a good way to show like jason's brutality or come up with innovative ways to kill but throughout a lot of the series they just pack a bunch of counselors there and it's like i don't remember half of you
0: stereotypical slasher genre thing is where you're gonna see body counts getting padded. You're gonna have the final girl, which is a common horror movie trope where the villain's defeated by the last girl alive. She has the final girl circuit where she finds all the bodies and she plans on to kill the villain. Think of like Alice in part one, Ginny in part two, uh, Nancy in Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm Laurie in Halloween. Like, it's the last girl in the movie. It's a really interesting trope. Actually, it's been analyzed by Carol Clover in Men, Women, and Chainsaws. So I definitely recommend if you haven't read that, check that out. It's a really cool allegory into masculinity and femininity. Um, But beyond the final girl, there's usually a side kick which is a man a few characters who get some screen time here and there but it's mostly full of those kind of bland characters with little
1: backstory yeah and then you'll throughout a couple of movies you'll occasionally throw on like the random cops that show up but i actually like those more than just the like the padded counselors that are there because i like all oh, the police are on the scene but he quickly takes them out i enjoy those ones more than just like here's 12 counselors and you remember maybe like four of them and then that's about it
0: yeah i mean that's Again, as I said earlier, when they start to kind of change the narrative and change the movie, how it goes, those get more exciting. That's where the cops come in. Mm -hmm. That's where he's not on uh, campground. He's somewhere else. Yes. It just gets a little interesting. So we're going to kick this thing off. But, Stephen, I want to ask you, what do you think the top three based on movie reviews are?
1: So the top three based on movie reviews, I'm going to go with Jason Lives, the newest Friday the 13th, the 09 one, and then probably part two. Okay, so we have his in here.
0: I'm uh, I'm not going to say anything, uh, and we'll see how correct you are on mm-hmm. that. So without further ado, let's get to the rankings. So number 12, it's kind of obvious when you think about it. It is Jason Goes to Hell the final Friday. Overall, 37.66%. It ranks the lowest overall in IMDb score, Rotten Tomatoes audience score, and Metacritic audience score. I
1: would probably say this is my least favorite. I would wholeheartedly agree with you you know we, we watched a good amount of the friday 13th movies last year for halloween because we really enjoyed them i did not remember watching jason goes to hell and i could not remember for the life of me so to prepare for this podcast i watched it and i was like wow now i realize why we don't watch this every I, year i
0: avoid this one because it is although i just said i appreciate when the series kind of goes in different ways this goes too much jason dies by the fbi right off the bat i i,
1: I just remember watching that initial scene and i'm like what is going on so you're telling me jason who somehow like teleports throughout his entire camp somehow misses an entire fbi setup of like 20 guys setting up right next to his random cabin and he misses all of this going on all his foot traffic but he goes after the one lone female in the cabin I don't know how he misses everybody there. It is a
0: mess of a script. It took four days for them to write the script because they had to rewrite everything. The original script plan was going to be Freddy versus Jason. Yeah, There was a plan where Jason's brother Elias dug up Jason, ate his heart, and went on the killing spree. Instead, they did it where he was a worm and he infected people and they became the killer. They wanted to possibly have Tommy Jarvis be in the movie, but kind of fun fact here, Paramount After Manhattan came out, Jason Takes Manhattan, it performed so poorly at the box office that they just sold the rights to Jason to New Line Cinema. They didn't sell Friday the 13th the title, just the character of Jason Voorhees, the main part of it. Ironically, this movie performed as badly at the box office and
1: ranked right behind Manhattan as the worst performing film in theaters it's not a good movie no it's, it's it's very difficult to watch at times like even like the character development like i had no idea like who even the main characters were you almost don't even care about them and then you have the bounty hunter
0: painting with one of your fingers
1: yeah that whole like jail scene where he's breaking as it turns out the main character's fingers for information it's like what is the purpose of this scene He's like, stick your hand through these bars, I'm going to break your fingers, see how well you know you want to know this information. Like, the main character's kid is involved, he wants to know the information, why are you breaking his fingers? Like-
0: so, one thing I think is cool with Creighton Duke is that he was supposed to have a backstory. His backstory was that him and his girlfriend were on Crystal Lake, Jason killed his girlfriend, and Creighton Duke survived, which made him go kind of crazy
1: and become a bounty hunter trying to kill him. Which would be cool. That would have been way better. If
0: they'd mentioned it.
1: Yeah. They it, don't mention it at all. It, no, instead you have in the beginning, is like, I know how to kill Jason, but I want $500,000. And I'm like, you're the only person that knows how to kill this guy, and it's like, $500,000 is all you want? Spoiler alert, he knows how to kill Jason, and the way he kills Jason is,
0: you have to have a Voorhees turn a knife into this magical dagger by touching it and kill him.
1: Yeah, and then like that scene where he throws the dagger and she catches it and just... It, like, doubles in size, looks all different. I'm like, wh- wh- why? There's no explanation as to where this magic dagger came from. Like, it wasn't blessed in crystal-like water or anything. Nope, just he no. had it. It's it's a mess
0: of a film. Uh, one of our favorite parts is when someone takes over Jason's body, They the first guy eats his heart uh, and kind of goes on this killing spree. He's a mortician. Um, but there's a part in the movie where when one of the people is getting taken over, he gets tied to a table, and then the possessed person who is jason at the time just shaves his mustache
1: well yeah i mean the jason in all his fashion sense like listen i might be bald but i don't like that mustache so i'm shaving that off
0: it's a scene where he shaves his mustache and then possesses him
1: like like throws up in his mouth it
0: It just sucks this terror out of the scene because it's
1: like he's just shaving him yeah just for
0: no reason the gore in this movie is probably some of the best
1: yes well Not overall kills, but with, like, when he leaves the body of the one police officer and he just, like, melts to the floor. I mean, his jaw sticks to the floor and it rips off his face and he melts. Yeah, that that one scene is probably one of the best in the entire series. That one part. When he's eating the heart, it's graphic
0: and gross. Is your favorite kill the melting to the floor? Yeah,
1: absolutely. By far the melting to the floor. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any more that I actually enjoy out of that one. There's some scene where he gets thrown in a fryer's. Pretty interesting. Yes, yeah. The the fryer scene sticks the dude's head in the fryer, then throws him on the grill while this older lady's trying to pull him off, and he like elbows her mouth inwards. Yeah, like yeah, yeah that's it, like almost cartoonish, but it's still kind of enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I do want to say one quick kind of fun fact is the Necronomicon from The Evil Dead. The last episode was actually it was in the movie, and part of the plot was supposed to be this is what the director wanted, the writer director Adam Marcus. He wanted Pamela to be revealed to have done a deal with the devil, with the Necronomicon, to bring Jason back. So that's why he's been alive this whole time. He's a deadite from Evil Dead the whole movie, but since New Line didn't own the rights to Evil Dead, he couldn't add it to the script. So he had this cool backstory to explain how everything was supposed to happen, but he couldn't. And instead, they rewrote a script in
1: four days i think that would have been a cool twist that they could go about it correctly but sadly never went that way
0: nope and so that is where this movie will live and that is where this movie will die any last minute notes you'd like to mention or are we going to just let this thing rot in the number 12 spot <laughs> let's let it rot in the number 12 spot all right i like how that rhymes so number 11 also makes sense it is friday the 13th part 5 a new beginning with overall forty point eight three percent. if you don't know already jason is not the killer So already off to a horrible start, this disappoints me because it's so heavily edited that the kills are almost non-existent, and it feels so overly sexualized. There's long voyeuristic shots on women, porn-esque at times because the director uh, did a hardcore porn before this, and he said, and I quote, I shot a fucking porno in those woods, you wouldn't believe the nudity that they cut out. The production was plagued with hardcore drug use in the behind the
1: scenes. It was just a mess of a movie. I, I you know, I really like the aspect of it though. Like the idea, like, okay, Tommy had a lot of childhood trauma and he has to go to a mental institution. I'm very cool with that idea. Jason shows up, but it's not even Jason. You know, it's this other character that's just killing people just because. And the actor playing Tommy is just silent throughout all of it. And he just does not do a good job with it.
0: Fun fact. Corey Feldman is in the movie because he played Tommy Jarvis in part four. He's in it for the opening sequence. Yes. Uh, he filmed it in his backyard because he had a commitment making an actually good movie and a classic movie. He was currently making The Goonies when they filmed that.
1: Wow. Yeah. So he's, he's filming The Goonies and they're like, we need you to come in. He's like, all right, sure. Just backyard. We'll get it done real quick. Yep. Okay,
0: they were supposed to be kicking off a new trilogy, but it was so bad they had to scrap it. I mean, the gore got heavily censored. My favorite part of the movie, though, I do want to say as a plus the iconic pooping duet.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. Ooh, I always that to that movie. Ooh, baby. <laughs> okay. If
0: you don't know, this guy, uh, the brother of Reggie, yes. has to run into the bathroom because of those goddamn enchiladas. Mm. And he runs into the restroom and his girlfriend comes over, shakes the restroom a little bit, and then they start singing lovely. they little ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. And it's the pooping duet and they both die. One of the only memorable scenes from that entire movie it's sad having new killers come in and like grow off of the friday 13th mythology is really interesting i think it's a cool concept but when you drop the ball this hard it just doesn't matter
1: my problem is like you're you're, you're eliminating jason from the mix but you have this random like no- completely normal guy who's performing like jason kills where it's like you know one of my favorite kills in the in the movie is he basically got this guy next to a tree ties the belt around his head and like turns a stick so it's tightening but i'm like realistically jason could pull that off but a normal person is not going to crush someone's head with a belt speaking of which this normal man they laid on so they laid on so thick
0: we actually had to pause the episode here because storm my cat who has been in many episodes uh came in started meowing he's trying to sit down next to me but uh one of the parts i love about roy is that they laid on so thick that he is suspicious because he comes up to pick the body up of my favorite kill i'll talk about that in a second Mm -hmm. And he is a paramedic. And then there's a part where someone else gets killed and the cop is just kind of speaking. And then Roy just goes, you talking to me, Sheriff? And he's like, no, Roy, I'm not talking to you. It's like, oh, so you gave us the name of this random man who looked angry and menacing at the beginning of the film. I wonder who the killer could be. Yeah, I remember when the
1: big reveal came as Roy. I was like, who? And it was like. Oh, it's this guy from the beginning. I'm like, why? They
0: have to literally bring it up at the end. It was like Scooby-Doo. It's like, yeah, he uh, he was killing because his son died in the beginning. My favorite kill, and I want to bring this up right now, is the chocolate death, where he goes up <laughs> to this guy. This, this guy goes up to a gentleman cutting axe. We don't know the names because their names are useless. They are two patients at the mental hospital. And he's cutting wood, and the chocolate kid comes up and goes, you want some chocolate? And the guy's like, leave me the fuck alone. And he's mm-hmm. like, well, you're just mean and I'm not going to give you chocolate for anything, turns around and gets an axe to the back because this dude was fed up with getting off chocolate. It is out of nowhere, unintentionally hilarious. Mm-hmm. Roy gets 17 kills in the movie, though, one of the highest wow. in the series, and my favorite is not by him.
1: Yeah, to be fair, they set up this movie where it's like, this dude chopping wood, moderately big guy, but he's not the main killer. It's like, oh, you couldn't set up the movie where, like, He kills him, please take him away, but he escapes and then comes back to take it on everyone else. Nope, just random Paramedic dude. Son died at the beginning, but that's really not explained, and yeah, he's somehow taking out all these people. Yeah, it's just ridiculous to me.
0: Yeah, just a sad mess of a movie. It went so bad at the box office that Paramount actually had to re-kickstart the series with Jason Lives because... They meant to end it with final chapter. It performed so well at the box office that they wanted to make a new one. And this one let fans down so much that they said, Jason's coming back, uh, which I'm happy for. Well, because... I'm
1: eternally grateful for this movie since they brought Jason back. So we can
0: thankfully say <laughs> this movie brought Jason back. and duet's fun. There's a lot of scenes you can laugh at, but this movie is, you can skip it. Yes. So we're moving on to one of your favorites, one of my favorites, but clearly ranks low for a reason. It is Jason X.
1: Oh, that mm-hmm. breaks my heart. Hey, ma-
0: it, Ironically, it is the 10th spot. It is Jason
1: X. It fits perfectly. Uh, as much as I enjoy that movie, it is kind of ridiculous. But I do feel like it should rank better than some of these other ones.
0: It should rank higher than Jason Takes Manhattan. Jason Takes Manhattan is one of the worst, and we'll explain why in a bit. Yep. This is actually the lowest liked by Google users, too. Really? Yeah, which, I mean, I can see. It is definitely the one that strays the furthest from Thirteenth. I think it's great because, again, it understands that it is a goofy horror series. Mm -hmm. It gets what it is. But it leans into that fact, and he goes to space. Like, you shouldn't take this movie seriously. He's in space.
1: Well, you know, it starts out with, and I really like this, is, like, they've captured Jason, and they're like well, you know, we can't really do anything. We've tried to execute him, so we're just going to freeze him. And then, naturally, you have government officials coming in saying, well, his regenerative abilities are too priceless. We need to harness that. I really like that aspect of it, because that's so realistic, unfortunately. Freddy vs.
0: Jason was stuck in production hell, and they wanted to keep the fans interested in the character, so they pumped out this movie because they said it was the only way to advance the series. Um, My favorite Roger Ebert review of all time is, He gave this movie 0.5 stars out of four and quoted the movie by saying, this sucks on so many levels. Oh, (laughs) it is such a good review. And that's one of the quotes and it's a goofy quote. She gets sucked through a grate and she says, Oh, this sucks on so many levels and dies. It's hilarious, though. Yes, and,
1: you know, having rewatched that, I had forgotten about that great scene where it's almost like... um, Pun intended. Great scene. Yeah, from, you know, Alien where it just gets sucked out the ship and the same thing happens to her. But it's ridiculous on so many levels, but still fun to watch.
0: It's a fun movie. It gets as fun. Sergeant Brodsky's great. He rides Jason down to Earth. Yep. Uber Jason. Uber Jason in itself. When he gets nanobot technology to recreate himself and go on a killing spree is just
1: so great i mean you've got og jason that's just taking out the military and that doing his thing killing people which a lot of the reason this movie is one of my favorites is all the different styles of kills they just have so much fun with it i love it and then you have him just get blasted blown to bits by a killing machine robot of all things which makes it even more ridiculous it's creepy because is she a sex robot that's the by today's standards yes because she's almost lifelike like that well that dude is like trying to sleep with her well yeah that means like she talks about like our probability of surviving is like seven percent and they kiss and it's, like it went all the way up to 53 percent. i'm like by kissing it went up we're gonna it's, make a baby They're gonna yeah a it's, like, baby. It's, it's super weird but yeah she blows him away kill like destroys him blows his leg off chest head and then nanite technology, brings him back 120%, and then he's just metallic and badass. He cuts
0: the girl's head off. Oh, he punches it off. Oh, punches it off, Yeah, right.
1: Yeah, she she tries to take him out again, does like this somersault, kick to the face, turns around she's like, you guys might run. And he just punches her head off.
0: The kills are, like you said, amazing, because it goes so many different routes. He breaks a dude's back.
1: Which is one of my favorite kills of that movie, is he just breaks this dude's back, Bane-style the Batman, picks him up and just knees him in the back, and then he's done.
0: The girl gets sucked through a grate, He, my favorite kill and one of the most iconic of the series, the liquid nitrogen face smash kill. He dips a girl's face in liquid nitrogen, picks it up, looks at it, smashes it on the table. He wakes up because people are having sex and a moan (laughs) wakes him up. Yep. I love it. I can see where people don't like it.
1: Oh, absolutely. Without Ridiculous. Anytime you have, like, a significant horror icon, it's like, we're taking them to space. Chances are, it's not going to do well.
0: Leprechaun goes to space. Yes, That's already off to a horrible start. Jason X. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't done more movies where he's in space. but... But
1: overall, it's just a fun movie that I enjoy because especially with the military scene where he kills each one in a different way. One of my favorites is he knocks the dude off a ledge and he falls onto this drill and you see the body just slowly spin around the drill bit falling down i'm like oh they're just having fun with it
0: that's the thing is that the filmmakers are having fun kane hodder's behind the mask one of the fan favorite jasons and you can tell he's having fun the cast is having fun and they're just making a goofy movie i can appreciate that if you don't like it that's cool.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not so much, you know, like horror scary like the previous ones. It's more of just a hack and slash, but I appreciate it for what it's worth. I can definitely see why it's ranked so low, but for me, it's always going to be one of my personal favorites. Yeah, I'm with you there, and do you have any last thoughts? Make it Jason X2, please, because I'd love to see him in space again. Yeah, give me Jason it's
0: in space again, <laughs> but we're going to leave it there at number 10. Number 9 is Part 8, Jason Takes a Boat. I mean, Jason Takes Vancouver. It's Jason Takes Manhattan. It's the lowest Rotten Tomato Critic score with 8%. Oh, Overall man. score 43.16%. I made that joke in the beginning, but if you've seen this movie, you know why I said that. Because he's on a boat for over an hour. This movie is an hour and 40 minutes exactly, and he doesn't get to Manhattan until like an hour ten.
1: Yeah. It's amazing to me, like he's on the boat for so long. Like I remember watching the movie and I was like, Wait, he's going to stay on this boat for the entire trip to Manhattan? Like, he's going to kill, like, what, two people and then, then chase them around Manhattan? Nope, he's just on the boat for majority of the movie. So, what I think is kind of sad is that the reason why it's on a boat is because
0: the writer or director gave two ideas for this movie. Number one idea, Jason stalks a cruise ship and you make it like an isolation-based horror like Alien, where they're trapped and they have to figure out how to survive. Or you put him in a huge city like New York where you can go crazy and you can have them do ridiculous stuff. They mixed them together.
1: Yeah, and I would have much for the latter of him in a big city. I, I really did not like how he got to there as well. Two people on a yacht kind of around Crystal Lake. He takes them out really quickly, but at the same time kind of slowly because of that one spear kill. He stabs her
0: with a spear for like 10 seconds. He doesn't even stab her. He's like brings it down and she's like screaming going, no, no. And she could easily just run away.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, he's slowly lowering it down. Like, Jason never really killed anyone that way, where it's, like, almost, like, torturous as mm-hmm. she's, like, watching this slowly come to her. And then he, like, somehow it, it pans over to them boarding this cruise ship, and all of a sudden, Jason's climbing out of the water. On the boat. the boat. The bo- by. Yeah, and it's like, why Why is he there? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't make—there's no backstory whatsoever. Like, why did he leave Crystal Lake to go to this other
0: ship? I Well, they were in Crystal Lake. When it happens, he gets, he's dead from part seven. He's back in the lake. Oh, yeah, because the,
1: the anchor drags. The anchor drags,
0: electrocutes him, and wakes him back up yep. because they have no other ways to reanimate Jason. <laughs> um, it was actually filmed in Vancouver except for the little shots that were shown in Manhattan. Some of the shots that they had planned out for Jason in Manhattan, I would have paid so much money to see. He was supposed to have a boxing match in Madison Square Garden. Oh, my God. Go to a Broadway play. Oh. He goes to Times Square in the movie, but that was already planned. He was supposed to climb the Statue of Liberty and then dive
1: off. Budgetary restrictions killed all those. I think that his movie would have been so much better if you had even like half of those planned out scenes. Because so that would have been amazing to see him on the Statue of Liberty.
0: You see the Statue of Liberty, which is one of my favorite scenes when they're on the boat. They're just paddling and the guy goes, "Looks, it's New York. You could have seen the Statue of Liberty from 10 miles away. How do you just now see this? And not
1: only that, they're like 500 feet from it it's like all of a sudden it appears i'm like are you, are you serious like you didn't notice that before let me just say the muppets took manhattan way better than jason did. yes absolutely
0: he kills all the high schoolers who are having their like celebration party i can't get an accurate kill count how many kills are in this movie because they just say like there's no more restaurant because there's kids in the restaurant and they just die so there's no way that you can even
1: remotely know how many kills he got because there's so many kids in this boat that just die for no reason Technically, he is responsible for the boat going down. He throws a body onto the control panel and, you know, haywires and sets the boat on fire. But at the same time, they left a group of kids in the kitchen and didn't even bother to try to go back to get them when they're leaving the boat. No, they literally hop on a boat and they're like, we're going to leave. They're all dead. It's like, you didn't even look? Yeah. Yep. They assumed it. They're like, yeah, we're going to save ourselves. I do want
0: to give a quick shout out to my favorite scene in the movie, which we rewound.
1: Oh, Uh, no. So
0: the main character, Renee, is seeing visions of Jason who... Has a weird haircut. His eyes are in three different places throughout the movie. He grabs her through a mirror. They don't explain this. But there's a scene where she gets kidnapped in New York. She gets given heroin by two junkies. Yeah,
1: two junkies kidnap her, give her some heroin for some reason. And they
0: say, this is the last of our stuff. Then why'd they give it to her? Yep. But then Jason comes by, saves the day, kills both of them. She runs away, takes a cop car... Drives off, hits real Jason, then has visions of child Jason, and it does, like, this slow motion, like, run into Jason where it's like, bong, bong, bing, and, like, makes these weird noises, and then, like, zooms into Jason's face, and then smash cut car into wall explosion.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, throughout the movie, there's, like, three different little boys that are playing all different. Yeah, all different. One has hair, one is bald, one's eye is completely normal, while the other two are, like, shifted down. It's just... they couldn't make up their mind which they liked, so they were like, throw them all in there. They're good. Put them all in. Yep. Put them all in. Jason melts like a Muppet
0: at the end of it. He turns into a Muppet because oh, the, that's the right. sewer yeah. floods
1: yeah. with toxic gas and toxic sewage. Yeah, so for all of you people out in New York, you should be warned that your sewers fill with toxic waste every single night at a specific time, so don't go down there. Only for like 10 seconds. Yeah, and, and apparently it's not, you know, it's not harmful to breathe, just if you're in it, you melt. You turn into a Muppet jason melts away and then turns back into
0: a little boy and just like eight other movies in this series this was meant to
1: be the end of the series which is kind of a weird you know end since jason somehow melts and is back to a child and it's like what happens to the child i want to know No, nope, he just reverts back to a kid and he's done uh but toby the
0: dog is okay and that's what counts there's a dog in the film he's adorable and he just leaves in new york for about 30 minutes and he's back
1: yep but i will say i want to give a shout out to one of the only men that goes toe-to-toe with Jason on the rooftop. Julius. Yes, he is a amateur boxer in the movie, I believe. Yep. He climbs a roof to try to get away from Jason. Jason follows him, and then he just goes ham, trying to punch his way through Jason. His hands get
0: bloody punching Jason's mask. Yep,
1: he holds his hands up after like a good two minutes of punching Jason in the face and the chest. Jason's moving back slowly, and then he holds his hands up. They're all bloodied and broken, and then Jason just punches his head off. He put in the effort at least. He tried. That is
0: my favorite kill in the movie. It is one of the best. It is the Killer Clowns esque. We also love that movie. Yes. But he punches his head off, his head flies to a dumpster and closes, and that's the end of Julius. But he could have gone to New York the whole time. Budget killed
1: it, and it's just not really great. I mean, if you think about it too, overall, Jason is in a large city, but he's still somehow chasing the same three people on the boat. I don't really think he's too picky. So I'm not sure why he's not just going hack and slashing down whatever random alley he finds, but he is hell-bent on finding these four people from the boat. He's like, you guys escaped. I'm coming after you. It's If
0: you can just get past the goofiness, the soundtrack's funny, even though Harry Manfredini, this is the only uh, of the original movies where he didn't do the score. He had done all the previous ones. He created the iconic score, so it's weird that he didn't do this. I don't blame him because it's crap.
1: Yes. What your favorite kill is? Uh, Definitely the boxer, Julius. If yeah. I had to pick a second one, though, there is a scene in the movie where they're on a ship and the ship has a sauna, and Jason takes a rock, places it on a dude's chest, and it's like slowly melting into his chest, and then the dude's dead. It's weird, but it's it's it's, it's different. At least he uses a sauna rock instead of anything else. What boat has a sauna? This boat is weird. Just in general. It's
0: going to just sit in Manhattan's Bay as we leave this movie behind. The next movie is Friday the 13th Part 7, The New Blood. Overall, 49%. It's the lowest in Metacritic fan review. With 13%, it barely lost to Manhattan. Manhattan had a 14% Metacritic fan review. So this movie was supposed to be when New Line Cinema brought in Freddy Krueger to make Freddy vs. Jason because Paramount realized that their Friday the 13th movies were going downhill and... Nightmare on Elm sure movies were going uphill with the reviews, so they wanted to bring it together now, but it fell through. So the screenwriter suggested they did Jason versus Carrie instead, with a girl having psychokinetic powers, and that's where we get Jason versus basically Carrie. This movie's fun. I actually like this one a lot.
1: So I, I can definitely appreciate what they're trying to do because you you know you have a universe where Jason is basically immortal at this point. So who's to say why there can't be a girl that has you know psychokinetic powers and she can take on Jason? My only problem with it, though, is there's not a lot of explanation behind it. And then every other character in this movie is just dislikable.
0: The only characters that are nice are Tina, who is the girl with psychokinetic powers. Yep. Nick yeah, and- is her boyfriend, who's a hunk. And then... Not even a boyfriend. He's just he's just a guy. He
1: was a guy next to the cabin, but he spends all his time with her. Yep. And then the mom. Yes. That's other, it. And there is the doctor, who, is, who has his own agenda type thing, but... He dies
0: when Jason uses power tools for the first time in the series. Mm-hmm. He only uses power tools once. And he uses a tree trimmer to stab Dr. Cruz, a.k.a. Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, (laughs) through the stomach.
1: So I I think that's also the point where uh, the mother dies as well. Yeah, Dr. Cruz holds him home. Yeah, yeah. So he he sees Jason coming, and Jason is behind the mother. And he, like, holds her in front of him so Jason kills her first. And then he dies. So at that point, you're like, wow, you're kind of an a hole, so you deserve to die at this point.
0: This is Kane Hodder's first movie as Jason, and you can see the Kane Hodder difference. Kane Hodder is a stuntman, if you don't know, and he has everything happen to him. The roof falls on top of him, he falls through a floor, and he is lit on fire for 40 seconds.
1: Which is just insane. It was a record. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God.
0: Forty whole. Think about that. He's in a fire suit for forty seconds, and he's not just casually on fire. He's engulfed yeah, he in is fire. Yeah, he's one hundred
1: percent engulfed in fire. Like and his entire backside is on fire, and it's, that's just crazy to think about. Yep, and it's not. And so that's where you can look at this and go, he, the work
0: he puts in. Like he gets a light smash in his face. He goes through all this hell. He gets headbutted with a decapitated head. Oh thanks God. to her. Oh, sacred, that's right. Yeah, the the fight scene between her and Jason is a lot of fun to watch. Getting to that point's a bit of a bore. The kills are innovative, but it was centered heavily to avoid an X rating, and the gore is almost non-existent, which that really brings the movie down.
1: Yeah, for me, that is... He he wipes out the second house, where it has all these party goers. He wipes them out so quickly, you don't even really realize what's happening. None of those kills are really even memorable whatsoever, but for the most part, once you get to that brawl of... Carrie versus Jason. It's very enjoyable because even though she has powers, he's unstoppable. You break his arm, he just keeps walking. Throw things at him, just keeps coming. So at that point, it's just fun to watch that part. But the buildup behind it, it's like, all right, let's let's get this going now.
0: Well, yeah, there are a couple kills that are fun. Um, When uh, she gets the party horn hit into her eye, my favorite kill is the sleeping bag kill. Ken Hodder's favorite kill. He drags a girl out of the sleeping bag and smacks her against a tree um and then melissa who is a bitch the whole
1: movie yep she gets an axe to the face and she gets
0: chucked over a television
1: set that's right yeah so those, those ones especially the sleeping bag are very memorable but for the rest of them i don't even remember what happens to them but for the characters that you do see where it happens like that it's very enjoyable to watch but
0: i will say right now this movie has the worst ending in friday the 13th history where psychokinetic tina Brings her father back from the dead, who's in the lake. Who she killed in the beginning of the movie, apparently. Yep. He just looks like he's covered in mud. And then he just drags Jason back to the water. And we're cutting to credits.
1: He's been in the water for like 10 years or so. Jason's in the water 10 years. He looks like crap. This dude, a little mud on the face. He's, he's mostly good, though. Yeah, Jason, he's the coolest looking Jason. Because you can see his
0: spine and his back. And he's yes. rotted away. And yeah, this dude just looks muddy. And he's been in the water for the same amount of time. It's a bit of a bummer because the ending could have been a lot cooler. But, yeah, the battle with Tina is great. Jason kills 15 people in this movie. Is your favorite kill scene? bag? Absolutely. Okay.
1: Nothing else compares. Yeah,
0: it's one of the greatest in the history of the series. Um, and this movie could have been a lot better. It was average. And that's where we're going to leave it. Number 7, Friday the 13th Part 3. Overall, 49.83%. This movie was shot in 3D. Uh, which explains why there are so many horrible shots. Wha- there's popcorn, there's a yo-yo, there's <laughs> juggling. Actors were cast based on their looks rather than their talent. That which definitely is wh- shows. And the performances actually didn't matter because the filmmakers, all they cared about was the 3D effects. And they would say throughout the set, just get the 3D thing right. Like, they didn't care about the acting. So some of the worst takes were in the film if the best 3D was in that part. So, like, if the juggling was right but the acting was crap, they don't care. Put that in the movie. So it just didn't really work. A lot of people love this one. I saw this one a lot as a kid. You said you saw this one a lot yes, as a kid. Yeah. It is historic because Jason finally gets the hockey mask.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's about it. But, I mean, maybe I messed up because I, I don't think I've ever watched a movie in 3D. So, maybe that may, maybe that changes the experience for me where I see that yo-yo and, and juggling <laughs> yes. really pop out of the screen. Instead of, like, you know, a machete or a pitchfork or something. Now, give me that yo-yo and those juggling balls. Yep, I
0: want to see those in 3D. Yeah, But this, <laughs> this movie is literally the same as the second one. They rehashed it. Uh, It was originally supposed to have Ginny from Part 2 come back. She was actually going to be in the hospital recovering, and then kind of like Halloween 2, Jason would go to the hospital and try to finish the job. Okay. Or she would go back to college, she would find Paul, her boyfriend's corpse, in her room, and she would go back to Crystal Lake to finish Jason off. Ginny's actress Amy Steele declined to do the role, so they oh. said, "Fuck it, we're doing the second one again."
1: Yeah, I think I would really prefer to see like kind of a sequel to Part Two instead of them just basically basically remaking the same movie again with different cast and you know different kills.
0: There's really no memorable characters. Shelley is the goofy guy who gives Jason's mask. Basically, there's Chris who is the girl, and then me and Stephen Brooks brought this up: Hunky Rick, mm-hmm. who is this just ripped as hell dude who is just lifting hay barrels in the beginning you're like country boy god dang look at that boy he's like all greased up he's a good looking man
1: but you you know you you set the tone for this really muscular dude and what happens jason crushes his head
0: uh in the worst paper mache head i've ever seen but it's one of my favorite kills because it looks so bad the eye pops out at the screen and he dies the kills are fun in this though jason gets 12 people my favorite is when Jason shoots the spear gun at this woman's eye. It flies in her eye, 3D. And Jason, it, I only love this kill for the ending, where he casually strolls away from the camera and back to the camp. And they linger on this shot of him, just like, Mhm. and that's it just makes me laugh every time.
1: See, my favorite kill from this movie is, at one point, that you have a couple go upstairs, they do the deed, Jason smells it out, he doesn't abide by that, and the male is doing a handstand walking down the hallway kind of bumps into jason looks up and instead of you know trying to move away or think jason just splits him in half from the groin with a giant cleaver yeah the, the shot
0: is from the guy's perspective upside down so you see just jason lift up this cleaver and just go through his groin
1: you know one thing i do want to point out that i do like with this movie is You have a couple of the kids go into town. They piss off some bikers. The bikers come back, and then Jason just kills them. One pops up at the end because he didn't actually fully kill him. I like that they went that route and kind of introduced that as well. Instead of, it's not just campers, it's like it's supposed to be these super tough biker guys, and Jason takes them out with ease as well.
0: Yeah, they do try to bring in some new things, but at the end of the day, it's the same.
1: Yes, it is the same. You know, it's not one of the ones that's so bad, like Jason goes to hell, or Jason takes Manhattan, that I can't watch it. I'll watch it, but it's just not that memorable compared to part two. He gets his mask, and that's really the big key factor of this one, where it's like he powers up and gets the mask. I didn't even remember the fact that part three is the first time he gets his mask. Mm. You know, I I always think like part two, he he gets the mask, but every time we watch him, like, nope, he keeps the bag on his head each time. But I do like how in Manhattan they kind of play into the factor, like he's wearing a hockey mask. He gets off the boat, and they, there's a giant billboard for you know a goalie that's wearing his hockey mask, and he just kind of shrugs it off and walks away.
0: Uh, cool little tidbit. The mask that he wears is a reference to a Detroit Red Wings goalie.
1: Oh, we got that going for us at
0: least. That we're Detroit natives, uh, and so it's always nice to see a shout-out for Detroit. That's right. Um, but that's it. So we're going to move on from there. All right, so number six is actually one that you said was in your top three. Mm. so little off not too bad uh it is the remake 2009's friday the 13th wow that one really surprises me it surprises me too because this isn't that bad of a movie um it is an overall 52 percent this movie blends the stories of part one two three and four and is
1: the second highest grossing movie in the franchise. Yeah, see, I thought that would rank so much higher because I really enjoyed this movie. I mm-hmm. mean, not you know just from my personal standpoint, but from the film itself, I thought it would be ranked much higher.
0: Yeah, it actually... It's a good film. Uh, It really does bring a new type of Jason. It's the scariest Jason in the entire series. Yes. He is... He traps people, he hunts people, he's fast, he's strong. Uh, the actor wanted him to be a, uh, like a sympathetic character who was just trying to survive, and the writer said, we want no sympathy,
1: he is a killing machine, plain and simple. And that rings true. It is very dark at some points with his kills, but that's, you know, part of the reason I enjoy it so much, because they they each one is so different than the last, and I really like the aspect of this movie where... He literally kidnaps a girl because it reminds him of his mother. And I really like how they went outside the box with that one. He is, yeah, hunter scavenger. He's a survivor.
0: He's basically just defending his land. When people come by, he kills them. The My favorite kill of the movie and, like, the literal scariest, I think, of the series. Yes. He grabs this girl in her sleeping bag, hangs her from a tree, and burns her alive. Her boyfriend runs to save her, gets caught in a bear trap, and his leg gets shredded to the bone... And they're just both screaming, and they both die.
1: Yeah, that is an absolutely horrifying experience. He's literally trapped in a bear trap. You see him trying to pull away from bear trap, and it's showing his, like, tendons and his leg all messed up. And and then Jason just plants the machete right in his head. It goes all the way down to his nose. It's very gruesome. And that's the opening sequence of that movie. That's, like, in the first 20 minutes of it.
0: Yeah, the visual effects are amazing. The visual effects team asylum, they enhance the sleeping bag kill, the boat scene, the machete scenes. They did a great job, and it really does shock me that this is low. But what I will say, one of the reasons why this movie kind of is low in my rankings, and not my top three, uh-huh. it takes a long time to get kind of the finale once you have that hyped-up beginning scene, and then it kind of gets a little slow after that, and then there are just so many nude scenes and there's a weird, like, sex scene where it lingers on both them for a while. Oh,
1: it goes on for like a solid five minutes and it's super uncomfortable. It's just a very awkward scene. If you could eliminate that, I'd be fine with that entirely.
0: And I mean, I love Jared Padalecki's character, Clay. Uh, Jared Padalecki from Supernatural fame. He's looking for his sister who is kidnapped. He finds this
1: girl who basically becomes his girlfriend, kind of? You get attached to um, Jenna and he's she's helping everyone escape and then he just plunges a machete right through her chest and that one took me by surprise. That
0: is probably the, one of the saddest kills of the series because you don't expect it. It comes out of nowhere and again, like that end sequence is fantastic. The beginning's fantastic. It's just the middle where it gets a little choppy and slow. If they would have cut it down a little bit, I think this would be higher.
1: Well, see, what this movie does and I think it's hilarious is they kind of they, they give trope to the horror thing. So you have, you have the blonde D bag, the, the super slutty blonde, you have the jock, you have the stoner, and then you have the, the good girl. So you kind of build those characters up to each one is, you know, what role they fill. And then my favorite kill is the owner of the house that they're at, the blonde D bag. Jason shoves his machete through him, picks him up by both ends and then stabs him on a truck as it drives away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you are such a d-bag throughout this entire movie. I don't feel bad for you, but you really didn't need to build up throughout this movie each character.
0: Yeah, they—they, they, I mean, which is kind of funny. Is we talk about how the characters sometimes linger and are too cardboard, and this one just does too much to make them like really fit their tropes. I do love Chewy Lawrence. They're the uh, the kind of the jockey guy
1: and, and the stoner. Um, yes, they are actually enjoyable. Well, they have
0: a cute one where like Lawrence is like, "I gotta go find Chewy, my friends out there." Mm-hmm. And like Lawrence goes out and he gets killed by Jason, throwing an axe across the yard. Yep. Yep. This is a great movie. I think it's rated a little too low. I think it would be a little bit higher. But, again, this is an imperfect system.
1: Well, especially with how they take out Jason, too. I mean, it is brutal getting him to go through... Like, basically, stuffing his head through a wood chipper is like wow that has never been done that is absolutely brutal so i really enjoyed that part so for me this will obviously be one of my top three i'm a little surprised at how low it ranks but like you said it goes zero to 100 in the beginning real fast and then it mellows out a lot Mm -hmm. so i can kind of i can understand why it's ranked a little bit lower than than some of the other ones if you like more modern horror this is a great addition of the series uh but we're gonna move on yep number five again one that you said was in the top three friday the 13th part two wow yeah i I thought that would be ranked as one of the highest up there to be honest overall 54.16 percent. it's jason's debut
0: one of the big reasons why it's ranked so low is that critics just said it's the same as part one you don't see who the killer is you're walking around point of view kills it's Mm. it's basically paint by numbers Tom Savini didn't like the idea of Jason being brought back as the killer. He said he was a kid that should have been dead. They just redo the first one because the first one was so successful. And yep. since they already killed Pamela Voorhees, they had to do something. But I love this one. This is the one I saw the most as a kid. You said you saw Absolutely, some the most. Absolutely, yeah. It's got some great scares. It's got one of my favorite kills of the series. Absolutely. And we're going to talk
1: about that one in a second. I don't want to bring that one up just quite yet. Having rewatched the first movie, and it's a lot of those, like, point-of-view kills, you bring up a good point that I didn't really think about, is that the second one also does that a lot throughout it. And it's not until close to the end of the movie where it's like, this is the killer.
0: Yeah, it just kind of rehashes it, and that's where some of the criticisms are. Almost got an X rating because of the nudity and the kills. One of the actresses was underage. Oh, wow. And so they had to cut out all the nudity for her. And kind of a fun little fact, Sandra, the girl who's underage in that movie, Her brother comes to try to find her in part four. And he's the guy who gets killed in the basement.
1: (laughs) Yes, and doesn't go out very well in that one. He goes, he's killing me. Yeah, we'll talk more about that one. Because I actually do enjoy that twist of it, at least. Yeah, so when it comes to part two, I just enjoyed... I felt like I got more of a connection with a good amount of the counselors. Not all of them, obviously, but a decent amount of them. You have the two main characters that make it to the end. You have the guy in the wheelchair... And the thirsty chick after the guy in the Mm -hmm. wheelchair. There's there's a few characters that, you know, I get attached to and that they're actually enjoyable and they do a decent job with her acting.
0: I love Jenny in this, she's the final girl, and Paul her boyfriend. I like them better than Alice in the first one. Jenny is cool because they establish that she knows child psychology. And she used that in the end to try to trick Jason by saying, it's okay, Jason, mother's pleased. She puts him in the sweater and she tries to kill him. They really established that well. I like their characters. Their dynamic's really cool. Paul holds his own. Yes. And they actually get in like a fist fight
1: and it's a really cool... Well, you gotta remember that at this point, Jason isn't supercharged. He's he's almost like a normal killer. Mm -hmm. But going back to the psychology aspect that you brought up, there is the bar scene where... You know, she's almost showing sympathy towards Jason. Like, how would he be? And it's almost getting you think, wow, he's actually going to be messed up. And it's kind of understandable that he is lashing out like this. Not too much because, you know, he is killing people. But at the same time, it's a cool aspect that they throw into that movie.
0: This is one where they really do try to bring in a lot of explanation. They try to bring in a lot of plot. And I do appreciate it for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's much better than, you know, Jason goes to hell where they're trying to introduce a bunch of stuff. This is just, like, they're trying to introduce some backstory behind Jason and and get you to think where he's coming from.
0: So, I I love this one. Our favorite kill. We're going to bring it up right now. Yes. Poor wheelchair Mark. About to get laid because thirsty Vicky is laying it on thick. She goes to change into her brown fancy panties and spray perfume. Everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, everywhere uh and he rolls
1: outside going vicky is that you and he gets a machete in the face and he rolls down the stairs down a very large flight of stairs while it's raining doesn't make a lot of sense since he gets hit in the face from the side and you would see jason yeah there's no way jason could just pop up like that but for the most part it is a very enjoyable scene and it shows you Jason, don't give a shit if your legs work or not.
0: Yeah, this scene got me into horror. I remember watching this as a kid. My sister bought the DVD, showed her friends. I remember watching this being scared of the whole movie. And this made it lighten up so much. I was like, oh, horror's not that bad. Because I was laughing so hard. this guy goes, (laughs) ooh, and then rolls down the stairs. And then it freeze frame, flash, goes right into
1: it. Yep, yeah. It is a very enjoyable kill. And... Probably one of my favorite throughout the entire series. Watch this movie just for that, but
0: this is one of my favorites. I'm sad that it is just number five. You do get the final kill of Alice. He, Jason goes back to get revenge for his mother, kills her in the beginning. Crazy Ralph gets killed too, so Jason's tying up loose ends. Yep. It does connect really well, but if you're going to watch one of the Friday of the Teeth movies, you can't really go wrong with this oh, one. Oh,
1: and this movie does have the dog that disappears throughout the entire movie, and two of the campers come across like this kind of like mangled animal and it makes you think that it's the dog unfortunately but that dog comes back at the end so spoiler alert the dog does survive this one
0: that end sequence of them going back to the room and the dogs at the door and they get scared is genuinely scary it
1: is they did a very good job with that where he crashes through the window in the back and grabs her and then it just one of the greatest endings of the movie series yes
0: he crashed through the window it's so good yeah one of my favorites to watch definitely in my top three i'm kind of sad it's this low but i get it
1: Yes, and I will watch this every Halloween season. I love this one. Mm-hmm. Number four is also
0: my top three, Friday the 13th Part 4, The Final Chapter. With a 55.83% rating, it is the highest Google-liked reviewed movie of the series with 96%. It is Tommy Jarvis's first showing, played by Corey Feldman. One of the reasons why this one's so good is Corey Feldman's great. Also, it has Crispin Glover, a.k.a. Marty McFly's
1: dad. Yes, and I did not realize that he was in this. I forget it every single time I watch that movie and I'm sure I'll forget it next year, but it's always a pleasant joy when I watch it. I'm like, oh my God, he's actually in this. That's right. Yeah, Todd White is behind the mask, one of the fan favorites and also, I'm
0: going to say this right now, I think this movie has the best kills of the series as a whole.
1: As a whole movie, for me, the newest one, I enjoy that one, but I will definitely rank this as number two. I think overall, the kills in this, each one is amazing. Tom Savini's back. Uh, The first kill is
0: Jason grabs a saw cuts a dude's neck, twists his head around.
1: You have the corkscrew kill, the impaled by spear gun and the balls and shot. Yes, which is very odd. Boyfriend swims out to the raft where Jason's already killed his girlfriend and then stabs a dude in the groin with a spear gun, lifts him up, and pulls the trigger. Not that pulling the trigger did anything, but just, you know, cherry on top.
0: Yeah, there's the knife in the screen, the blood going down the screen when he's
1: watching a movie poor teddy teddy couldn't get any love so he's just sitting there watching movies by himself and then jason no he's, wa-
0: he's watching 1950s porn
1: yeah i was always curious that's so enjoyable because it's comedy but it's all topless women so that's kind of a fun thing that they threw in there but teddy was just kind of creepy throughout the movie yeah, Ted's and creepy. yeah he is he's at least very thirsty but his death is very cool
0: and then one of the ones that's crazy actually the actor got hurt on this one when the guy's face gets
1: crushed in the shower that is one of my favorite kills of this movie because it's yeah. so interesting. The
0: guy's in the shower, and then Jason crashes through the window and smushes his face against the wall. And it, it is graphic.
1: It, Yeah, and they do such a good job showing it, too. And it's like, this movie's really starting to show Jason's strength. Yeah, my favorite killed movie, though, is Jason himself. Oh. And
0: Tom Savini only came back because he wanted to kill his creation. Uh, and his death is iconic. Corey Feldman, who is Tommy Jarvis, goes Absolute ham. He shaves his head uh, because they want to show the parallels between Jason and Tommy now because both their mothers were brutally murdered because, spoiler, Tommy his mother gets killed. Yes. Tommy grabs the machete, hits him in the head, and Jason's face slides down the machete. And his face is wiggling. It looks
1: so good. Tommy sees Jason's hand slide move and then he grabs the machete again and then just goes to town and... In my opinion, if the series did end with that, that is a hell of a way to go out. Like, it is that, a perfect ending. Yes, it is. I, I'm very glad they continued it, but that is just absolutely brutal and as I, did it.
0: As I said earlier, it's so funny because the, the studio was like, we're not making any more of these regardless of how good this movie is. And that's why this is the ending and Jason dies. And then it does so well in the box office. They're like, well, maybe just one more. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's how it always is with these movies in these series. But, you know, there is a very cool aspect that I like to this movie as well, and that's The brother of Sandra comes back in this and he's hunting Jason basically. He knows that he has escaped from the morgue and he is hunting them. And he meets Tommy and Tommy's sister. Tommy's like, oh, I see you have a gun. What are you hunting? He's like, bear. Tommy's like, there's no bear here. He's like, moving on. He's out for vengeance. I think it's such a very cool aspect that they tie in, and you know, I will say though, he does go out very disappointedly, though. He just dies in the cellar, going, "He's killing me!" It's Jason killing him with like a, like a three pronged like gardening tool. Yep, he, he just keeps smacking him with that. I'm like, "That's how you're going out, dude." I thought that could have been so much better.
0: But on the contrary, you have Crispin Glover, aka he is the dead fuck of the movie. His whole point is just trying to get laid and prove that he's not a. Apparently, I don't know what a dead fuck is, but apparently that's what he wants to not be, and. He goes to get a glass of wine, says, hey, Ted, where's the damn corkscrew? Jason says, I found it, stabs it through his hand, and then machete to the face.
1: I love that, because that is my favorite kill from this movie. And then, to top it off, Jason takes his body and basically crucifies him to the door. Yeah! Puts, you know, giant nails through both his hands and his feet to block the door. The door opens inwards and then his body's just he's hanging blocking
0: there. the exit so she can't escape yeah that is just yeah, horrifying Trish can't
1: leave the cabin i will say his dancing in that movie the was best. so cringy <laughs> no i love it know? oh my god i'm just watching i'm like man you are such a nerd but i love it it's it makes it's so
0: wholesome he's just <laughs> trying to he's trying to get laid and he's doing these dances and it's just like to this like metal music they're terrible
1: they're very cringy but it just it makes me laugh every time. It's because of the cool aspect. Normally in these Friday 13th movies, you have the really attractive couples hooking up. And in this one, it's like the nerdy kid finally gets to win. He dies, but he gets to win at least. Yeah. Um. I do also love
0: uh, the girl he's trying to hook up with. And he does hook up with. She gets chucked from the window and falls on a car and the car explodes. That's a great kill. That's why I just love the kills in the movie. Because he's not just using machete. He's going all over the place. I love this one. It's one of the best in the series. That's why it ranks number four.
1: Yes, I wholeheartedly agree. I, I very much enjoy watching the movie every single year. It's it's very cool. Corey Feldman is amazing as young Tommy Jarvis and how he handles the scenes and how he handles Jason. It's, if they'd ended the series with this movie, I'd have been happy with it.
0: Yeah, but I'm glad they didn't. Yes. <laughs> um. So we're going to move on. So the
1: top three. There isn't a number three because there's a tie for number two. Oh, Both yeah. of these movies scored 60%. This kind of worries me because there's a movie on there that I don't think that it should be
0: on there. And it's right here. Tie for second place. It is Freddy vs. Jason. This is
1: unreal to me. I cannot believe this is ranked in the top three
0: right now. Freddy vs. Jason is the highest in Metacritic reviews for both fans and audiences. Oh my god. It is the last appearance for Robert Englund as Freddy Krueger. Uh, it is the last appearance for both these uh, horror icons for their official reboots. Two endings written out where Fred and Jason won. Um, One ending actually had Pinhead from Hellraiser joining in, but New Line didn't even want to try to get those
1: rights. That would have been absolutely insane. You know, if you'd have kind of thrown in like, jason versus freddie versus michael myers i could see that but as soon as you start throwing like pinhead and like chucky you're starting to just get all over the place
0: well there is a series where ash from evil dead comes back to try to fight them both
1: off. i would watch that in a heartbeat i want that movie with bruce campbell as ash of course you already know this podcast loves
0: bruce campbell listen to the evil dead episode we love bruce campbell but yeah this movie it encapsulates the mid-2000s there is Heavy metal, rock, there are horrible outfits, it is a lot of like angst and anger, and it is
1: horrible CG. From my point of view, and I actually just recently watched this movie, I thoroughly enjoy watching this movie. The CGI is god-awful, don't get me wrong, it looks horrible. That is my biggest complaint about this movie, but uh, I enjoy it, but it should not be ranked as top three. No it should way. not be top three. No I, way. I only like this movie for,
0: obviously the fight between freddy and jason it is bloody it is graphic there is a large fight scene where they're going all over the crystal lake that's the best part of the movie and it's a shame that it takes a long to get there but it's like batman vs. superman where it's like the yes. build up doesn't matter all i want to see is these two titans of horror this has been in the works for almost 20 years yep this is finally happening and that's where i can see this movie being ranked so high because fans were just so happy that it existed where it's like we're seeing the two Kings of Horror, Mm -hmm. arguably Michael Myers should be up there too, but those two Kings of Horror, even though the script sucks, the acting isn't good, the soundtrack is just mid-2000s at its best, it's Freddy versus Jason
1: in all of its bloody glory. See, if you look at, like, the actual script and the idea, Freddy has been forgotten, so he has to bring Jason over and start killing to make people remember. I love that aspect, because that is just perfectly how you get those two together. Oh, no, I the think...
0: plot is great. Yes. It's the script and the acting that is bad.
1: Oh, yeah, it is just terrible, and I will never forgive this movie for the CGI caterpillar scene. Take everything you know about Freddie movie, it makes zero sense. This donut falls asleep in this mental institution, and all of a sudden, Freddy appears as this... Bong holding Alice in Wonderland caterpillar and blows some smoke in his face. The the stoner follows him and then Freddy like takes him over. Yeah, yeah. Freddy uh, like goes down his throat and takes him over and then is, he's possessing this guy and it which makes no sense at all. And then fills up a couple syringes with some like horse tranquilizers and puts Jason to sleep. Not before Jason cuts him in half with a machete.
0: They ruined it with a fucking caterpillar.
1: Yeah, so the the CGI for that and then there's also a scene where the One female who wants a nose job, she falls asleep and has a dream where Freddy pops out of the magazine, takes his knife, sticks it up her nose, and rips it off. Not before he says, got your nose. And then she wakes up, and I'm like, wait, wait, first of all, the CGI in that looked horrible. Second of all, like, shouldn't that have actually happened, though? Like, everything about Freddy? They
0: play fast and loose with the dream sequences, but... The gore in this movie is great. Jason goes ham. My favorite kill of the movie is when he stabs the really shitty boyfriend who's like, go give me a beer, honey, After they have sex. Stabs him like a hundred times. And then the bed folds in itself. He's cutting people in half. The fight between Jason and Freddy when he gets his eyes poked out and yes. their arms cut off. The premise is great. Robert England is amazing. I'm sad Kane Hodder's not in this one. He wanted to be in it, but the studio was like, no, we want a bigger Jason. It's fun to watch. I get why it's up so high, but I don't agree.
1: My biggest complaint above the CGI Caterpillar is Jason's fear of water in this movie for some yeah. reason. Why is he afraid of water? We've seen him on a boat. We've seen him in multiple movies kill people while underwater. But all of a sudden, he's versing Freddy, and Freddy lets loose some water, and Jason's just frozen with fear. Did you all watch Friday Thirteen 13th series? Like, he's not afraid of water. Yeah. In any way, he's not afraid of anything
0: yeah they they just try to tie in these two fears of fire and water and that contrary thing there which but...
1: it would makes it's, it's a cool concept, but we know that Jason is not afraid of water. No, it's not true. But like you said, the big old hoss battle between Jason and Freddie at the end makes this movie worth watching every single time because it is a solid 20, 30 minutes of them going at it and it is amazing to watch.
0: I will watch the movie just for that part, but I will not pay attention for the first hour and ten minutes.
1: I will point out, though, Jason does win at the end. He's walking 100%. away. 100%. He wa- he's walking away with Freddy's head. Freddy's head does wink, but Jason has his head. Jason won that round.
0: Yep, Jason wins, and that's why we're here, because this is a Friday the 13th episode, and we're here for Jason.
1: And you know what? As bad as that one was, I would really like to see them try to redo it in the future, too. That's Freddy versus Jason.
0: That is our tied for number two. tied with it is the original Friday the 13th from 1981. It is an overall 60%, the highest in IMDb score in both Rotten Tomatoes critics and fan scores. Heavily inspired by the movie Halloween, the creator Sean S. Cunningham put out ads for this movie to sell the rights to it while it was still being developed. Oh my god. So he was like, I gotta capitalize on Halloween, slashes are now a thing, we're making a movie. And it had a huge bidding war, Paramount got the rights, and it kickstarted a slasher genre this is the one where it's copied by sleepaway camp it's copied by slumber party massacre
1: oh yeah it's
0: there's the prowler there's so many slasher movies that although halloween kind of began that this was the one where there's a huge body count and it's just blood gore and sex this is the movie with halloween that kind of kickstarted that genre and i understand why this is ranked high because
1: it's fresh for critics kind of yeah, I mean, naturally, it is the start of the series. It's still put together really well, so I'm not surprised at all. We can thank Tom Savini for
0: Jason being included because I think he saved the series. It, it was going to end with a cliffhanger of Alice being in the boat and just the movie ends. And he says, no, we need something to scare the audiences like they end to carry. And he said, let's bring in Jason. So Jason coming out of the water was Tom Savini's idea. That's why it's his baby. And that's mm-hmm. why he wanted to kill him in part four. So thank you, Tom Savini, not only for being great. But for doing that, Thompson, he also listens to this podcast. So, Stephen King, as we said in the last episode.
1: If that movie had ended with just her being in the boat, I remember watching that for the first time. I was like, what is happening right now? Like, you have the police on the shore and she's playing with the water. I'm like, y- you're not racing over to him? So, if it had ended with that, I would have been angry. But the fact that Jason pops out of that water and drags her down, that scared me when i first saw it not only just the jump scare it's if you take a look at what jason looks like in that shot he's haunting yeah it's
0: horrifying it is what a kid would look like if he was stuck in a lake for about what how
1: long 20 years yeah so if back to manhattan where they had three different kids playing it just take a look at that one kid that's all you you needed not just three random boys and you can't get their face right
0: you also have harry manfredini coming up with the iconic score the kiki mama it's actually ki ki mama that's what it is but the noise it's meant to be jason saying kill mommy yeah but like stuttering so good betsy palmer created an entire backstory for pamela which really drew her performance she said that she had jason right out of high school uh was disowned and abandoned because it was the 1940s and sex before wedlock was taboo the husband left her she tried to get a job and uh Since Jason was a strange boy, she tried to get it where she could keep an eye on Jason while she worked. And then Jason died, and her whole world collapsed because the counselors were having sex. So she got her life ruined by having sex, so she wanted to ruin their life. Like, that is such a cool backstory. Explain that more.
1: You would only need to take two to three minutes to throw that into the story really easily, and that would have made it so much better. But instead they sped through with the, you know, Jason was a special boy, the counselors were having sex, and he drowned. Throw in that extra, and it's like now you're kind of getting relatable with her, and it's why she just goes insane.
0: But I mean, other than that, the movie's great. The gore is great. It was it was a huge box office success. The violence was heavily criticized, though. But that's the times of any difference. He's doing all that work. They're a little timid for the 1980s, but again, slashers weren't really a thing.
1: Yeah, so you you got to give it a little bit of leeway with you know what they could get away with showing on screen, and they. A couple of those kills were very gruesome.
0: One of my favorites is the Kevin Bacon kill. Kevin Bacon is in this. They jam a spear through his neck, and the rig that was set up to get the blood going through didn't work, and it took so many hours to set this thing up that one of the crew hands that was working at times with me he said, screw it, and just grabbed the tube and started blowing the blood. And the blood <laughs> popped out, The that's why you see some spurts. He got blood in his mouth. He said, it tasted pretty good. That's a great kill, but my favorite kill, Pamela. She got nine kills in the movie, but when she gets decapitated she throws those hands up,
1: yeah. It's amazing. I don't know. My favorite from this movie, I love the Kevin Bacon one. I, I'm, I'm a big Kevin Bacon fan, but I love seeing him in this early role. And that scene terrified me. You know, just seeing that arrow pop up through the bed and enter his neck. I'm just like, that is horrifying. But to me, my favorite kill is when Pamela takes an axe and buries it in this chick's face. Just complete. it's like halfway into her head. It's into her in Yeah. And I'm like, that is realistic. That's what an axe would do. And they just made it look so good. That's Tom Savini for you, baby. Yeah, it looked amazing. That is one of my favorites.
0: And that's why I think the gore in this, the the screenplay, although taken from Halloween, it's still original enough where it's fun, innovative, and that's where I think it ranks so high because it was so unique. And it's a, it's a great movie. I know it gets criticized for Jason not being in it, but if you can just get past that point, it's still really
1: scary and good. I mean, to be honest, it really shouldn't be criticized for Jason not being in it.
0: It's knowing everything after it's done. It's like knowing that Darth Vader is uh, Luke Skywalker's father. Once you know that secret, it really does bring it down a little bit. So knowing that and watching this back and you criticize it, that's, it's just not a fair criticism because that's not what the director's intended. This He was never supposed to be in the series. He was never meant to be here. So the fact that you can criticize that for saying, oh, he's not in it, I can see why you'd be upset and you like Jason as the character, but it shouldn't strip away the movie and it shouldn't
1: be ranked so low because of it. And I will say for this movie... It has the cardinal sin of the main character not double tapping. And we just watched this movie and several times where Alice could have easily walked away and ended her life, but instead knocks her down, tries to run, she comes back, knocks her down again, tries to run, she comes back, knocks her down again. It's like it's infuriating to watch, like, oh my god, how many just times finish did, the job. Yeah, how many times you have to realize she's still coming after you, so make sure you finish the job. And that leads to her chopping her head off with a machete.
0: Well, you know what? Maybe she was just saving that up. She's like, "Look, (laughs) I'm gonna keep warning you. You keep coming at me, I'm gonna chop your head off." It's great. It deserves to be in the top five, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, Top two is a little suspect for me, Mm -hmm. but um, that's just because I have you know a strong place in my heart for other these movies. But I can live with the fact that those were top two with Freddy vs. Jason and the original one, because my favorite of the series. And the number one movie of the Friday the 13th series overall is Friday the 13th Part 6, Jason Lives. It is a 60.16%. It barely beats out the other two, but it's overall the best. Jason is finally a zombie. Tommy Jarvis is back, the best Tommy Jarvis. He actually resurrects Jason. I love the Frankenstein-esque opening where they're creeping through the graveyard. They dig up his body they he's brought back with electricity Mm -hmm. there's just that classical horror element and i
1: want to talk about this in a bit i just love this movie i and i know you love it too yes this is by far one of my favorite in the entire series you have all the characters that are pretty much memorable there's not really any characters where it's like i don't really remember you at all for the most part they introduce some characters that die quickly but at the same time those are filler but for the most part the entire cast you know each one individually and you can remember each one of their deaths
0: yeah you have tommy You have his girlfriend Megan. You have Sheriff Garris, one of my favorite characters, Paula, Sissy, Court, Nikki. There are so many great characters in this. The director was literally given free reign to do what he wanted because they just wanted to bring back Jason. So they said, Whatever you want to do, do it. Just bring back Jason. So he decided to go the route of the old monster movies, the universal monster movies. He gave Jason a weakness. That's why, like a vampire, if you bring him back to his home soil, he is vulnerable he paid homage to gothic horror it can be actually watched in black and white with no issue he filmed it in a way where you can actually watch it like an old horror film oh i'd like to watch that in black and white just I, to see
1: it once it's so good I it, it looks perfect adorable.
0: the lightning in the back of the beginning is so great the opening sequence is scary and fun when he gets brought back to light with lightning. Then it has a goofy James Bond opening sequence, so you know the tone of the movie. Yes. It's got meta humor. It breaks the fourth wall. It one of the characters references how to act in a horror film. <laughs> it's just great. It's fun. It still has some scares. There's actually a sad scene with Sheriff Garris. Yes. It breaks my heart. It's the best kill of the movie. Absolutely. He gets his back snapped. So Sheriff Garris is Megan's dad. He's trying to protect her. He hears that Jason's about to go after her and kill her, and he runs at Jason, tries to beat him up, and Jason breaks his back and folds him in half. And it is so sad, but it looks so damn good.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, he goes out like a badass. He tackles Jason, is beating him in the face with a rock, but Jason, being, you know, superhuman, just kind of folds him backwards and snaps his spine. It's very gruesome, and you do get attached to the character because he's just looking out for his daughter, and you're rooting for him. And he's right up there with Julius and the boxer trying to, you know, stand up to Jason. He does his best.
0: It's a sad ending, but Megan is a great character. Tommy Jarvis is obviously great. I love that character. He is this focal point. He's Boy Who Cried Wolf, uh, trying to get the town to believe him that Jason's alive. They don't believe him more than damn. And it just kicks off this story. Jason's going back to Camp Crystal Lake. They have to beat him
1: there. It is the only Friday the 13th movie to have actual kids at the camp. Oh, oh, you are very right. Mm-hmm. And it draws in that aspect where it's like, I remember seeing where Jason walks by the cabin with the kids and it's like, oh, is he going to, are they going to cross that line? Is he about to go into that camp? And it's He like, looks oh, at a oh, girl
0: man. and she's like closing her eyes and pulls the blanket over her head and he is about to possibly kill her and then he gets called away. Yeah, I love that. It's also the only Friday the teeth movie not to have nudity,
1: which... I'm cool with. I don't need nudity in my horror movies. Just give
0: me good horror. Nope. There's a sex scene, but there's
1: no nudity in it. Oh, wow. Which I do love those two kills where it's they drive away in an RV and the girl gets pulled into the bathroom by Jason while the dude's rocking out in the front driving away. Listen,
0: Alice Cooper's one of his four songs in the soundtrack.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And she gets killed in the bathroom while that dude's driving. But I will say the comedic aspect to their sex scene is hilarious because they're going to add to the song. And she's like, just last the rest of the song. He's like, how long is the song? She's like, 10 minutes. He's like, what? (laughs) I just love that part. The comedic aspect to that. All these other movies take those scenes either seriously or a little too extensive. Like in the newest movie, this one, there's having fun with it.
0: Yeah. Then there's a stunt sequence where the RV flips and Jason stands on top of the
1: burning RV. Yeah. That, yeah. He stabs the dude that's driving in the head. The, the RV flips and Jason just kind of crawls out the door and it's like, Man, that was very cool.
0: It gets it's a horror movie. It I love that the director was doing so much to try to pay homage to what he loved in horror movies and the universal monster movies. And he wanted to have 13 Deaths in the movie to be a joke, but the studio made him add more, so that's why they killed the gravedigger. And he says, You're gonna be the death of me to the liquor, and gets stabbed by the liquor bottle. And oh, then i have forgotten about that one. Actually, one of the scariest scenes is when the guy goes to the bathroom in the woods, and Jason's hacking the graveyard keeper up, and then just stops and turns. And it's so abrupt, and it's, it's really scary at that point. And then he kills both of them, and they had to add those three kills to make it a little deadlier, I guess? I don't really know. The movie's full of great kills. This is easy... Oh, I haven't even brought up the... The office outing in the woods playing paintball. If you weren't going to bring
1: it up, I was just about to because I really enjoyed that entire sequence in that movie. So you have this like office team building exercise in the woods and they're playing paintball and Jason's just kind of slowly taking each one of them out. One of my favorite kills in that movie though is there's the three of them that huddle up and they're like, alright, we're going to take out the rest of the team. Jason somehow jumps down from a tree and takes... All their heads off with one swing. And there's the part where the guy's face gets thrown at the tree
0: onto the smiley face. And oh, I forgot up in about that. Yeah, his that is that one, on isn't there. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That... There's just a lot of great parts in this. I love this one. I watch this one even when it's not Halloween season. This is one of my favorite movies in general. It's Jason at his full zombie Jason best. This is what you want to see in Jason. He's a hulking brute running around. He's a little goofy, but...
1: It's just great. So you had mentioned like that they want he wanted to just keep it at like 13 kills but what's the actual kill count for this movie because it's got to be up there. It's 16. Oh that's it? It's just 16. I was going to go for at least 20s with like the office party kills and all the police officers that show up they takes out and then a lot of the campers I would have put it higher than that. Yeah
0: it, it does feel higher and I think that it does a great job with the minimal kit. Not minimal. 16 still high by way. Oh, count. yeah, it is. Yeah. But it does yeah, a great we're job. we're playing
1: about 16 murders. Yeah. yeah how Get dare more.
0: They- yeah, well, that's what the studio said. They're like, give us more. There's only 13. We want more. And then like, he's like, okay. <laughs> uh, I think this deserves to be number one. I think this is Jason at his peak. Tommy Jarvis, one of the most memorable characters of the series. This is his shining moment. It has characters, we said, that you connect to. It has kills that are memorable. It is quick fast-paced there's really no slow points overall i think if you're gonna watch a Thirteenth movie this is gonna be it
1: yeah and i mean i really like the aspect where it's like tommy's back from number five which we've already mentioned was just not a good movie mm-hmm. but they also kind of tie into that where it's like he's trying to tell the police officers i brought jason back to life like please listen to me i brought him back to life like Well, you are from a mental institution, so no, we're trying to get past that. We don't want anything to do with that, Camp Crystal Lake murders, and I like that they kind of tie that in at least.
0: And they actually, so there's a continuity error that people bring up where uh, they say Jason was cremated in part five, but there's a deleted scene where Sheriff Garris explains that someone paid off the city to bury him instead, but that's a deleted scene where they cover up that continuity error,
1: so that's not even a problem, but I do love that they don't shy away from part five. If that would have made it so much better if they had mentioned that, because that's why Tommy, in the beginning of the movie, is going to burn the body. That's what it should have been done to begin with. He should have been cremated. Instead, he was only buried. Tommy's there to finish the job, burn it, and accidentally resurrect him.
0: Yeah, it's, again, I love this movie. I could talk about it for hours, but we have been talking about Friday 13th for over an hour right now. Do you have any last-minute thoughts on the movie, Friday 13th Part 6, or the series itself?
1: On 6, no. On the series, I, I'm just, I'm crossing my fingers that we'll get more in the future. I absolutely love Jason as a character. I'm very curious to see what routes they can take him.
0: Yeah, it's in legal hell right now. I hope it gets out of there. But yeah, we both love this movie. I think that's a great place to end it. Steven, thank you so much for being on the pod. I will give you time to plug... Anything that you like to plug. But other than that, this was Friday the 13th. Steven, thank you again. Take it away.
1: I very much appreciate it. This is by far my favorite Halloween series ever. And will continue to be so until an even better one comes out. Um, but thank you for allowing me to be on here to talk about this entire series. I appreciate you offering to let me have a couple plugs. So one of the plugs I want to throw out there is the Friday the 13th video game. If you don't play it, you need to. It does such a good job with the entire series. You play as either a counselor or Jason. Self, a lot of fun. I know me and you have put in so many, many hours. hours. Yeah. The second more important plug I want to throw out there is for my girlfriend's Etsy shop 880 market. She has amazing paintings, decorations, house decorations. Mostly Halloween, but there will be some Christmas ones in the future. So check it out. It's a very cool shop.
0: Yeah, great shop. Great work. And Steven great time talking with you i appreciate it uh i love friday the 13th you love friday the 13th and we're probably gonna watch one right now because we've been talking so much about it so until next time you know the rules be kind and please rewind intro song from youtube audio library by dj williams audio recordings by clean feed logo created by david lucas purring by storm